Amen. Uh, the spirit of this church is just uh, magnificent. It is magnificent. I mean, I'm, I'm having to cool down a little bit so I can get started preaching for a few minutes. It is a, uh, there's a spirit of worship and praise here. I want to thank Pastor for his love and care for our wonderful Brother Kilgore. Brother Hughes and his wife stayed so close to him and ministered to him and loved him in times of great need. And uh, I appreciate that so much, Pastor. There's no preacher that was closer to him and that ministered to him more sacrificially than Brother Mark. And I thank God for that. We still miss him greatly. Got up this morning and wanted to see him. The, uh, he and I have been so fortunate to have had uh, the leadership and the exampleship of, of our home church, Life Tabernacle. Uh, it always live in our hearts. Can everybody say amen? It always live in our hearts. So uh, this morning I'll say a few more things tonight, but if you'll allow me to, uh, to get into the Word for just a few minutes, I would like to give something to you that I feel is just red hot. Is that okay? I like hot bread. I like fresh bread. Amen. Don't take me to a restaurant where they got cold rolls. I like hot bread. I like butter bubbles. Can you say amen? amen. And uh, as you can tell, I've had too many butter bubbles. Amen. Jerry Ann is just in August. She's a wonderful cook. In fact, she's got me an apple cake right now on the counter at home in Galveston. It's terrible. Because it's so tempting, especially when she keeps telling me that I need a diet. And then she cooks and makes me agonize in the kitchen. <laughs> home sweet home, praise the Lord. Everybody say, I love my church. Come on, I love my church. You know, the, this is football season, and I'm not a football fan, but they have those pep rallies. When I was a kid, I went to pep rallies. Daddy wouldn't let me go to football games, but I did sneak into some Fur High School and Stephen F. Austin High School and Robbie Lee Ganders in Baytown. I, I, I snuck into those, uh, especially whenever it was homecoming game. And those girls would go out there with those pom-poms, you know. Go, Ganders! Go, Ganders! They'd have a pep rally to rally everybody's spirit. Because the spirit of a game is as important as the players, right? You go out there with everybody booing the players, there's not going to be much many touchdowns. And, and, you know, in church, if I have a big gripe that I've had for years, it's that we're not enthused enough about our church, our gospel, our truth, our salvation. <laughs> Folks, we ought to shout and scream and dance and... And get a megaphone and get us some pom-poms and go, Brother Hughes. Come on, everybody. Go, Brother Hughes. Go, Greater Life. Go, young people. Go, Spanish church. Woo. 
We need some pep rallies. This is my church. This is my pastor. This is my home. And everybody say hallelujah. One relative got aggravated with his family during a time of frustration and, and said, listen, as long as mom and dad are living, you can keep my picture in the family portrait. But when they die, you can cut my picture out. Don't you cut my picture out of mom and dad's, our family portrait. Come on, everybody. Everybody say, that was my mama and that was my papa. I wasn't a barber, but I learned to cut hair, and I cut VA's hair last few years of his life. And while I was cutting it, I'd sing, Oh, my papa, to me is. I gave him the worst haircuts he ever had in his life. But I had more fun doing it. Everybody say hallelujah. But everybody say, I need a miracle. Come on, I need a miracle. Not to just get me out of pain. Not to just get me out of my sorrow. Not to just get me out of my quandary. But I need a miracle for my faith. For my prayer life. For my Bible study. I'm reading from St. Matthew, the 15th chapter. You've heard this over and over and over. Where Jesus had a woman that came to him, a Gentile woman. She cried, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Now, folks, that's a pretty big problem. Would you say amen? Let's pray that the Lord will bless this message. Father, in the name of Jesus, I worship you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. You may be seated. We think that miracles just come out of the clear blue. That miracles just happen at random. That not everybody gets a miracle. But folks, we are all living miracles. You don't get a fresh breath of air till you give God your last bad breath. Isn't God merciful? You don't have a good mind just by accident. That's a miracle. How many are glad that your, your finger can touch your nose? That's a pretty good miracle, folks. Now, don't tell me to touch my toes because I've never been able to touch my toes. That would be a miracle. That'd be an earth-shaking miracle. Nobody can have a bigger problem than a daughter that is vexed with the devil. And folks, we're living in a time. I was reading about six o'clock this morning on the Drudge Report. The Pope is befuddled with all of the thousands and millions of people that are demon-possessed, they can't get enough priests to exercise the demons out. 
We're living in an onslaught of demon possession and torment. Come on, folks. Pastors, wives, families, our finances. Satan is targeting every aspect of our life he can to destroy our faith. Come on. We are, we are in a barrage. Our whole world, in fact, the whole creation is groaning right now for the revelation of the sons of God. We are living in a time when Satan is working wildly in every area, governmental, spiritual, financial, the whole, the, the, the world's markets are shaking, right? The financial markets are shaking. You don't have to read very much to know. Our whole world needs a miracle. We need the coming of the Lord. Would you raise your hand and say, come quickly, Lord. We want your return. This lady was, her daughter was vexed with the devil. And she cried, Lord, have mercy on my daughter. But it wasn't a welcomed prayer request because the disciples, the first thing that happened is Jesus did not answer her a word. Now, I've, been, I've been married to this gorgeous lady, Jerry Ann, who I'm so thankful she's with me this morning. I, on the way, I told her I really was happy she was with me. 52 years, and we're trying for 52 more. I never get tired of being with her. I never get tired of looking at her. I never get tired of talking to her. Sweetest girl in the world. But I've learned one thing. You don't ignore a woman. Men, learn that first in your marriage. You don't ignore a woman. And the older you get, the quicker you become to responding to her needs. Y'all okay? I was on a ladder last night up in the top of our closet putting light bulbs in. Went to, went to Home Depot, bought a new light stretch and took the old one down and put a new one up. I mean, you don't ignore a woman. Right? Jesus ignored this woman. He snubbed her. He snubbed her. Everybody say, you don't snub a woman. You speak respectfully to a lady. But Jesus snubbed this woman. He wasn't a very good gentleman at this point. Folks, you don't build churches snubbing people. The friendliest churches are the fastest growing churches. When you come to church, folks, don't leave your personality at home. Don't come with a sourpuss look on your face. Now, folks, if you're going to look at me, I'm going to smile. I won't look at some of you smiling. Come on. A little bit more, a little bit more. Turn it up, turn it up. Smile, smile, smile. You got milk in the refrigerator at home. You ought to smile. You don't have cancer. You ought to smile. Still married. You really ought to smile. People come to church and leave their personalities home. But go to work in the morning. Hello, boss man. Good to see you, Susie. Hi, secretary. Good morning. Good morning. 
go to go to work with a good personality, come to church with a snub. How about say beep? Walk in the door. With joy shall you draw water. The next thing that happened was the disciples had all gotten together and had a conference and they voted the woman out. You cannot be a member of this church, woman, because you have driven us nuts. All you want is your little girl, my little girl, my little girl, my little girl. Has anybody ever talked to a a first-time grandpa lately? They will nearly drive you crazy. There's no baby like this one. We got a little three-year-old at home, Brynn, that I'm telling you, she is a knockout. She just keeps us mesmerized. But you don't want me to talk about that all day. And this woman was voted out. Everybody say, that would pretty well make me want to leave and never come back. But she was snubbed by Jesus but did not leave, did not get discouraged, did not start sucking her thumb. A lot of people come to church sucking their thumb, but nothing's going right. She didn't suck her thumb. She didn't pout. She didn't fill out a, a complaint card. She just, the Bible says, when they said, send her away, She did not leave. Everybody say, she did not leave. Then Jesus got out the book and said, woman, look, here it is in black and white. I cannot help you. I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, folks, that's pretty. If you came in there, and most of us come to church with great need, we need a miracle every week, every day. I say, I need a miracle this morning. My family's got to have a miracle. I'm looking at a mountain in the front of me. I'm looking at an army behind me. I'm looking at the sea on both sides. I have got to have a miracle. Then... When Jesus said, I can't help you, she went into this.
Worship will bring you to a height of God's power. And she worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. Uh-oh, she called him Lord. None of the Jews were calling him Lord. Here she was waiting. Now, see, the apostle Paul was sent to the Gentiles, right? So there was a spirit. There was a time of the Gentiles. But she was wanting a Gentile miracle in a Jewish dispensation. And what could bring the power of God from the Gentiles over here to the, to the Jews. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. She worshiped him. And then he said, woman, I can't take the children's bread and cast it. She called him a dog. Now, only Elvis Presley and Jesus Christ can call people dogs. Elvis Presley's making more money off of you ain't nothing but a hound dog in his grave than he made while he was living. Now, brother, I don't know if I, if I call my wife a dog, I wouldn't have any. I got the biggest. I ended up with the world's largest mustache, but it's on the back of my head. I wouldn't even have a mustache if I called Jerry in a dog. Y'all Okay. She's a sweet lady, but I'm telling you, I wouldn't survive. But this woman, he called her a dog. Everybody say, Roo. Roo, 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 roo. And even though he called her a dog, snubbed her, was voted out and said, I cannot legally help you, it's in writing, woman. She said, truth, Lord, but the dogs eat from their masters. Now she's calling him master. Better be careful, lady. You're positioning yourself for a miracle. Miracles don't happen just because you're in the presence of Jesus. You've got to position yourself for a miracle. You don't come to church like nothing's going to happen and have a miracle. You don't sit there like it's dull and boring and have a miracle. You don't sit there wishing you were somewhere else. You know, yesterday I felt so out of place down in Galveston. I did not have a motorcycle yesterday. I did not have a... I mean, they were... Two o'clock in the morning, my grandson said, Pop, they had a wreck out there on 25th, a guy going 90 miles an hour. Now, I didn't have a motorcycle. But you don't come to church, folks, and just sit here. Aren't you thankful that when you come to church, there's a spirit? The worship, I'm telling you, this, this worship team here is the best I've encountered what music I told pastor I love your music I felt the spirit of worship and when you worship you elevate when you worship you just get in a spirit that says I don't care what you do 
sarcastic people down there saying, you can sit there like a dud if you want to. Sit there like a frozen bump on a pickle. But I'm in the presence of God. He's my Lord. He's my master. I don't care what everybody says. This is not between me and them. It's between me and him. When I come to church, there's nobody here but me as far as I'm concerned. And he called me to worship before he called me to preach. And I don't want to be a preacher that just sits there and sits there and judges. Everybody say, I'm a worshiper first. We still have worship services. You can go to big, big religions. And they have prayer, but they don't worship. Because they're not called to worship. They just call to pray. Give me, help me. But this woman was called to worship. Can you praise him? Can you worship him? Lord, I'm going to position myself for a miracle. Come on. I'm going to position myself. I'm not going to just sit here and wait for it to happen. My wife and I went through a a trial. We're not going to talk to you about it, but my brain literally... One night, my brain was slipping in my head. I felt like I was losing my mind. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm able to keep you from falling. What a God we serve. One o'clock in the morning, Pastor Kilgore called me and said, Ronnie, I hear about your praying for your daughter. I hear about you, Ronnie. Screaming. One o'clock every night outside, screaming to the stars, where are you, God? My brother flew down from Dallas, stayed several days. He got up with his suitcases in his hand to go to the airport to leave. And he saw me on the floor rolling in the living room. I was telling God, God, I'm a good man. I'm a good daddy. Stop this trial. I don't deserve this trial, Lord. And he didn't stop it. The waves just kept rolling in. Storm kept raging. My brother saw me. And he came over and he made my back his altar. And he prayed me through that dark moment. Pastor Kilgore called me and said, Ronnie, I'm commanding you, son. Stop praying for your daughter. I said, Pastor, my God. I can't. I'm obsessed. I said, what am I to do? He said, I'm commanding you to start worshiping. God for what he's going to do in her life. And from that moment on, it has been a journey from hell to heaven, because it couldn't be any better, because worship 
elevated me out of the travail that laid the foundation, the intercession that laid the foundation. But yet the praise that brought me to victory. Folks, there is power in worship. When you come to church and you start worshiping, you're not wasting time, friend. You are positioning yourself for a miracle. But sometimes, pastor, it's more fun to lick wounds. It's more fun to suck thumbs. Because when you get down, there's something about it. It's just fun to stay down. The pain to get out of being down. Come on. Anybody relate to this? When you get down, folks, you don't want to get up. You just want one of those sleep sleep uh, adjustable beds, you know, just a vibrator. And, and in one of these machines that the ocean comes and goes, or the rain drops on the tin roof, whatever. Just put me to sleep and let me stay here. I'm down. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. They've snubbed me. They, they, they show me in writing. I should go to another church. Pastor doesn't care about me. Church doesn't care about me. Folks, if you can ever get out of the them attitude into the him atmosphere. Jesus said, woman, whatever you want. Do you have any other friends that's got devils? You've got me in a devil casting out mood. Go get all the devils you know. Go get the Pope and all the devils they've got to worry with. Because I'm ready to cast them out. I was preaching in Comanche, my wife and I, and there's an old man named Laddermilk that he started coming out of, out of the town, a wealthy family. He was stiff. I've never seen a man so stiff in all my life. I called him Brother Stiff. And he came up on a Wednesday night, and he stood there in front, and I went down to Brother Stiff, and I said, can I help you? He said, I want the devil to go to hell. And I want the Holy Ghost. Didn't even move his lips. And I just put my little hand on his head. And I started whispering. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And his old hands began to flutter. His lips began to stutter. And Brother Steph got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Right there in the aisle. Folks, when you get in the spirit of prayer, it will bring you up above all the stiffness, all of the depression. Anybody here ever been depressed? Anybody here ever been set back? Anybody here ever wrung your hands and say, I don't know what I'm going to do? This woman, through worship, got into a supernatural phase that Jesus said, Woman, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. He gave her her heart's desire. You'll get so much out of praise. you never wait. Come on, somebody stand. Brother Gidrose, I need the Holy Ghost. Start praising God. Here's
what she did. She performed an, an act of faith. Now, Jesus didn't brag about Noah building an ark. Daniel being the lion's den. Never said a word about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But this woman, he said, woman, great is your faith. Why did he brag on her faith? Because she, she performed an act of worship and worshiped before the miracle happened as if the miracle had happened and he gave her her miracle. She positioned herself. But Brother Gidrose, I, I didn't sleep much last night. I, I don't feel like worshiping much this morning. Brother Gidrose, I need some a leave. I've got some back problems. I don't feel like worshiping. If you can ever get over that thumb sucking, come on somebody. <laughs> I'm talking about Ronnie. I'm talking about Ronnie. When I make myself worship, when I make myself worship, it raises me up above all of those that are trying to vote me out. All of those that are trying to exclude me. Everybody else's sorry attitude. And brings me into a powerful supernatural miracle. Woo! I don't know about you. But I want to position myself for a miracle. Because I need a miracle. I need a Holy Ghost, Jesus' name, miracle. Woo! We have a 28-year-old grandson that's had... The doctor stood at his bedside here late in the hospital and said, I have done 25 surgical procedures on your colon. 14 open belly. And scar tissue keeps tying down his small intestine. And last week it was shut down. And he called me, pop, pop. Pop, pop. I've been volunteering for two days. His little apartment by himself. I screamed out to God. I started worshiping God. I'm telling you the truth, friend. I started worshiping God as if that, I said, God, you can open the Red Sea. You can open Landon's colon. And I don't know how many meals he's eaten at our house the last week. Because God opened that colon. When you start worshiping, come on, somebody. Brother Good Rose, tell me something. I need a Gentile miracle in a Hebrew time period. Start worshiping and you'll get the Holy Ghost. Start worshiping and you'll be healed. Somebody run these aisles. Somebody dance in the Spirit. Somebody wave your hands. Miracles. We are positioned for a miracle. Somebody come. Brother Gidrose, I need I need a miracle.
My body's in agony. My family's in disarray. My marriage, my marriage is all messed up. My marriage is all messed up. My mind is confused. I've got to have a miracle. 